when uh, Chris Ludlow was changing our church sign uh, this past week to the phrase, nothing compares to God's love. He said, you know, this borders on copyright infringement. And I said, yep. And wait till you see the cover of the church bulletin. The Iowa State Fair adopted as, it, as its permanent marketing phrase, nothing compares in 2011, which was actually also the 105th, the 100th anniversary of the butter cow. And I don't know who came up with that slogan, nothing compares, but I hope they got a good promotion because as an Iowa transplant, I'll proudly confess that nothing compares to the Iowa State Fair. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Get your amens ready. I got a few of those in the sermon today. And every year the fair just seems to get better from new talents, new thrill rides, 40 new foods this year alone, and many of them, of course, on a stick. And the always improving and incomparable butter cow and her butter friends, nothing does compare. Amen. But as we declare in our call to worship today, some may say that nothing compares to the Iowa State Fair. And we certainly agree, but we, the people of God, have a different message. The message to our world is nothing compares to God's love and to God's beautiful family. Do you believe that? Here's where you can say amen again. Amen. Amen. I believe. I believe it with my whole heart. And I believe that that is the message that our world desperately needs to hear loudly and proudly. Nothing compares to God's love. In such a volatile time in our world when hate and bigotry becomes even bolder and more mainstream, our world needs to hear that nothing compares to God's love. Amen? In a time when nuclear war is threatened back and forth on Twitter and an allegedly Christian pastor in Texas says that God condones the annihilations of millions of innocents by nuclear bombs. Our world needs to hear the message that nothing compares to God's love. Amen. Amen. In a time when hundreds of white supremacists march in Charlottesville, Virginia yesterday. On a public university campus with tiki torches and khakis under the banners of the KKK and Nazis quoting phrases, chants from Hitler, yelling out hate directed towards people who are black, Latino, Jewish. Our world needs to hear that nothing compares to God's love. Amen. Amen. Because I saw a picture yesterday of Matthew Himbach. Matthew Himbach, the 26-year-old man from Indiana who organized yesterday's racist fest, a picture of him holding a sign that says, God, Jesus loves you. And under that message was a URL to his white supremacist youth website, a horrible website. I went there. I hope Facebook doesn't remember and start targeting ads. It was disgusting. Declaring a sign that essentially was saying, Jesus loves you, asterisk, if you're white. Our world needs to hear that nothing compares to God's love. Amen? Amen. When the most vocal, predominant message of God's love is that God's love is limited, that exceptions apply, that it's only for those with skin like mine, orientations like mine, immigration papers like mine, under flags like my flag. Our world needs to hear that nothing compares to God's love. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. This sermon, it, it kind of developed in my head uh, half of the week, but it began on Wednesday at the Norwalk Pool. Pastors are always on, even at the pool. And as I was getting into the pool, a guy I had met around town, a member of another church in Norwalk, said, hello, Travis. I said, hello, back. Didn't remember his name. And I guess since it was a pool, he thought he'd just jump right in and avoid the small talk. You know, pastor, I saw your church sign a while back. It was very provocative. Something about God liking you. Now, it's hard, even in your swimsuit, you're still kind of wearing the clergy robe. And I figured, I figured he was talking about the sign we put up in June, during, or in July, during Pride Month. God is proud of you. I like that sign. I believe that sign. Yes, that's the sign, he said. I don't believe that. Not at all. Right in the pool, the shallow end. <laughs> now I had on sunglasses, but I think he could still see the surprise in my eyes. He kept going, I believe, well, I believe God is angry at us, he said. I believe God's wrath burns against us. That when God sees us, he hates us. Because all he sees is our sin, and we all deserve death. And I was still in the shallow end, but it got deep quick. <laughs> right in the Norwalk pool. I don't believe that at all, I said. Kind of, well, very caught off guard. God's not angry at us. God loves us, all of us, no matter what, I said. Even the guy who interrupts me while I'm in my swimsuit with my family telling me that God's mad at me. God loves everyone. And the conversation soon moved to small talk. He could tell I really wasn't interested in a debate in the pool. Afterwards, I wish I had one of our new, I don't think there's one up here somewhere, one of our new uh, Norwalk uh, fans that says God is a fan of you, because he probably wouldn't have liked that either. Maybe we should hand these out around town, I guess. But I've been thinking about that conversation ever since. So the next day in the office, Chris was asking for a scripture, and I really hadn't picked one yet for this week. And I started reading texts of God's love, some of those key gospel texts. And yes, I admit, there's stuff in scripture about God's wrath. But most of it's either taken wildly out of context or directed at people who harm and exploit other people. People who use religion to justify hate and injustice. Perhaps you've seen some of this this week. God is not a fan of that. But the core of scriptures witness the core of the gospel is a passage like the one that Mark read just a moment ago from 1 John chapter 4. It's so simple. It's so simple that this is the text that they give first year Greek students in seminary to translate. Because even the Greek is easy. It's such a basic message. But one that we should hear over and over again. The writer says, beloved, let us love one another. Because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loves us so much, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he abides in us by our love. 
because he has given us of his spirit. Now, foreigners saying, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. You know that. Well, if you want to know what love is, the writer of 1 John says, then love others. God is love. And if you want to know what God is like, know love. You want to know love, you know God. It's this back and forth. You can't separate love and God. That is the gospel. That is truth. That is very simple. God is love. God is love. God is love. It's not about our ability to love God or earn God's love. God is love. God loves us first, the writer says, period, full stop, no exceptions apply. You don't have to see the store for details. And there is no expiration date. God's love is always available. God loves you. God loves me. God loves everyone. Everyone you see, God loves them. Nothing compares to God's love. So what about sin, the sin that my pool friend was so worried about? Well, I think sin's what happens when we act in contrary ways to God's love. When we treat ourselves and others as lesser than the image of God that we were created to be. When we hold rallies with tiki torches and spew the worst kind of hate. When we drive cars into crowds of peaceful protesters and kill them, that's sin. When we turn our heads to what is happening to our brothers and sisters of color in our country every day, that's sin. When we refuse to denounce these things for what they really are, white supremacist hate, that's sin. We didn't read the next verses from 1 John, but the writer just keeps going. Verse 20, he says, those who say I love God and hate their brothers and sisters, they're liars. For you, for those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. But salvation, what about salvation? I think salvation is what happens when we, we begin to release ourselves to God's love. And it's not a one-time thing back when we were in fifth grade. Salvation happens every day for me. Every time I choose the way of love, every time I experience love given to me, every time I see the boundaries of God's love expand more and more for all humanity and for me, I experience salvation. I'm saved a little bit more. So I ask you, church, along with the writer of our text today, do you want to know God? If so, then know love unconditionally, uncontrollably, no asterisks, no exceptions. Do you want to see God? Well, then see your neighbor. Love your neighbor. You want to be like God? Love one another. This is the gospel. This is the message God has given us to give the world. And if we, God's beautiful people, are to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world today, then all that we do and all that we say should proclaim this message with boldness, this gospel truth, even at the Norwalk pool in your swimsuit. Because it's that simple. It's so simple it can fit on a church sign. Nothing compares to God's love. Say it after me. Nothing compares. To God's love. love. Amen. 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 As we approach Christ's table of love, would somebody request for us a communion hymn today? Number 21. And I think it's 21 in all the books. Just as I am. Just as I am. All the way.